Happy Tag Tuesday. Hello. Hello. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We are two average girls. We're so glad you're with us today. Good morning, podcast people. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, wow. Taking I, us back to like the 1970s. I was with literally your... trying to do good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be that guy, right? I'm trying no. to be super enthusiastic because we're coming back for the first time in a long, long time. We took a little bit of a break, a little hiatus, if you will. It wasn't that long, but it no. was long enough. It was long enough that I was anxious to be, get back on Mike. I was good. excited about being yes. here. I've missed the, our, our, I've missed our time together. I have too. Our schedules have been such that I've been gone, then Denise was gone, then I was gone again. You know how it is. So empty nesters have interesting lives. And it's, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say it's not all that it's cracked up to be, but you look forward to this day when you're like, oh, I'm just going to be free and easy kind of thing. We don't have anyone at home. We can do whatever we want. And that comes with its own challenges. Well, I think part of the problem, not part of the problem, the good and the bad is that we have the ability to be a little bit more free with our time. And Mm -hmm. that freedom brings a lot of responsibility. (laughs) It really does. I mean, you know, as a grandma, anybody out there knows people who retire sometimes say they worked harder when they're retiring. And it's I'm not retired, but I'm semi on my we're kind of doing our own thing here and there. And it is just crazy. Because every day is filled with stuff that I need to do and it's good stuff and it's the the biggest problem is and I think a lot of people struggle with this especially women picking the things that you're going to prioritize and because there's all there's so many good things that you can do and help people with or watch your kids or travel or do whatever you want to do that all sounds great Mm -hmm. but it also comes with a price and the price is I'm tired (laughs) <laughs> Denise is tie tie. <laughs> I am. I yeah. need. I mean, I took a nap today for the first time in probably three or four months. Yeah. And it, I slept for like thirty minutes, probably is all. Mm-hmm. But it felt so good just to turn my brain off and say, I don't care what else is happening. My house can be messy. I'm not looking at my phone. Yeah. I'm not reading an email. I'm not worrying about dinner. I'm just going to lay here, watch a little mindless television and fall asleep if I do. And I did. What is your choice of mindless television these days? Outlander. Outlander. Really? I have Outlander. I've been watching. Well, first of all, I read almost all the books. I didn't read the very last, maybe one or two books. I think just the last book. Mm -hmm. So this this season is the first season that I don't know what's going to happen. And now, I read the book so long ago, even when I do watch each season, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, oh, you yeah. forget. The mm-hmm. books are phenomenally good. It's mm-hmm. just really great. So that's one of the things. I also still watch The Real Housewives. You do? Which oh, ones? it's The Dirty Little Secret. Oh, I watch, well, I don't watch, I don't watch all of them. 
I but watch But do you watch OC. like Beverly Hills? Okay, you watch I watch OC. the OC because everywhere they go, I go. Mm-hmm. You know, I South Coast could, I could be a housewife on that show if I drank. <laughs> no. And I had you more money. Be. No, you couldn't be. I Those mean, women are vapid. Nobody no. wants to go watch me shop at t- Costco, right? No one or, does. you know, go to the vet with my dog. Like, I'm not le- leading a life that is interesting <laughs> whatsoever. But I am a housewife of Orange County. I'm just not on the show. That's right. You so are. So I like to watch it um, because I like to see what their houses look like and I like to see what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. And I watch the Beverly Hills Housewives because they are the OGs, in my opinion, of they what, what they're supposed to be like. They are living a lifestyle that I don't necessarily want to live that lifestyle, but I'm just saying they've got the money. No, they do. It's, it's real it's money. It's next level. It's real money. Yeah. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, let's make some stuff up so we look, let's put the right clothes on so people think it. These people yeah. have the money, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I also started watching last year, and I'm not going to continue to watch it because I'm not that interested, The Housewives of Dubai, out of mm. curiosity, just to see what it was like in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fascinating. It's um, interesting. I wasn't interested in the characters that much, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to keep watching it. But I did because I've been in Miami a lot. Um, as you know, I've been traveling to Miami. I'm going to be living there part-time these days. It's a whole di- different lifestyle for me. You have to speak Spanish down there, by the way. And, and t- tell everyone uh, listening, do, do you speak Spanish? See, si. Poquito. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing Duolingo right now, the free version. Um, I'm nice. just trying to, you know, get my chops going. Everybody speaks Spanish down there. But I've started watching The Real Housewives of Miami. Mm. Just because I wanted to see, again, what it was like. If I'm going to see some of the places that I've been going to or been you know staying at so it's just interesting I it's mindless literally I walk out of the room brush my teeth go back in don't pay attention I can hear it in the background I don't rewind it to see what happened next or fast forward it if it's on it's on if I don't watch it I just erase it it doesn't matter to me so I had that's an, my in, dirty little secret that is, don't it judge is dirty. please no one no judge me no judgment I had an interesting experience I went to the Las Vegas market in uh, the first of August or whatever it was. Usually Denise and I go together. This time I was solo and it was lonely, but that's okay. It was next lonely. time. I was really bummed too. She was bummed, but next time it's twice a year. Las Vegas doesn't go anywhere, so it'll be there for you next time. But I walked into a showroom because I was asking about a piece of art that was on the wall, and they couldn't get anyone to sort of come help me. All the salespeople were were very busy. It's a showroom I was unfamiliar with, and. But the girl at the front desk, and I call her a girl because she was very, 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 very young. She might have been like a senior in high school. I think like <laughs> her uncle owned the this particular brand. It was a, it's not a national brand of furniture. It's the kind of, I don't know where they were out of. They were not helpful. But as I was waiting for, for my guy, my representative to come, she said, where, um, where are you from so I can get you the right rep? And I, she said, are you from Western United States or Eastern United States? That's how, that's how large the areas are. And I said, oh, I'm Western United States. And she goes, okay, that's, that's Ron. I'll get you Ron just a second. And so she texts him and he's like, oh, I'll be right over whatever. He was in another showroom. She goes, where in the Western United States are you? And I said, I'm in Orange County, California. And you would have thought (laughs) I was Oprah. She was like, are you serious? And I'm like, Yeah. Why her reaction was so over the top, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, my favorite show is The Real Housewives of Orange County." I'm like, "Oh, honey," and I she goes, "People say the same thing to me." 
She wanted to know if I knew any of them. I've had the same thing. How big do you think Orange County is? (laughs) Well, (laughs) the funny thing is, like where I work at, Dr. Tim, he works out some of the housewives, right? And Mm -hmm. I see them when I go there. Okay. I don't give a rats. I don't care. No, you don't. I don't no. care. I, I'm more I'm more like, wow, that's what she looks like with no makeup? Okay. Oh. <laughs> right? Like she's just one of us, okay? She's just us. Yeah. With a good makeup she, team. With a a team. Literally a team. Exactly. I just thought I was so thrown off. I was like, oh, and I was trying not to make her feel like an idiot, but I my reaction was just like, You gotta be kidding me. I was so, like, no, no, I don't know any of them. When it's I was not. working out at Dr. Tim's, one of the housewives' boyfriend was in there getting treatment, and he and I talked for like two hours. Okay. And you would not believe, he, I was asking him these questions like, I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe you would subject yourself to being on for the real. housewives. That's what, and you know, and it's, it takes a toll on these women, Yeah. but they're trying to make money. That's why they're doing this. And they get yeah. fame. But I didn't realize how much notoriety and fame they actually get you saying that about this random girl from the Mm -hmm. midwest who Mm -hmm. watches it Mm -hmm. i can he was telling me that when she goes out this one particular housewife when she goes out she has people recognizing her everywhere they've gone to new york they've gone everywhere and people recognize her i was shocked because i was like really and did they care yeah. And they do. They do. They love it. They're love. into it. They're into it. Yeah, this girl was crazy about it. And she, I was being very, uh, she was not satisfied with me. Because I couldn't, at all. I couldn't give her an answer to anything she wanted to know. And I was like, the closest I've been to any of the housewives is I shop at South Coast Plaza. And she was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, like it was a big deal. And I'm like, well, actually, it's not, I mean, I know they make it look really, and it is, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. South Coast Plaza is great, but it's also just kind of our local mall. So if I don't need to stop. Blas- and, don't be blasphemous. Man. I don't mean to blaspheme the SCP, but it is a mall and there is a Nordstrom there. And that's where we run in. I know. Yes, okay. Yeah, I get it. it. But she was like. Uh, I mean, it, it was so over the top. I didn't quite know how to handle her. But anyway, sorry, yeah. sweet girl. I didn't. I didn't satisfy <laughs> any of your Real Housewives situation. But okay, anyway, the housewives I, are important to a lot of people. Apparently, I watch it for the probably the exact opposite reason. Anybody watches, I could care less about how they're gossiping about one another. It's fascinating <laughs> to me that grown ass women would talk like that about each other. There's no way I would ever subject myself to that kind of scrutiny or just any of that. I. I don't have time for that. I watch the the plot lines and the storylines and the backstabbing and I go, okay, this is, first of all, television has been ruined for a lot of us who live in Southern California. (laughs) And for those of us who have been in, like I was in the news industry, it's like, I understand what's happening. These are, these are scripted plot lines. I get it. And that a lot of people don't understand that that's sort of what's going on, but also in the event I had a group of friends that treated me and each other like that, we wouldn't be friends. <laughs> we wouldn't be friends. I mean, right? I just have my life is so important to me as far as like being positive and just having good vibes that yeah. I would never subject myself to that. Mm. And and that's part of the reason why even social media people who follow our our podcast Instagram will see that we pot we do a lot of posting not a lot but some posting you and I will post random things here and there I used to post all the time I used to be Mm -hmm. really into social media even posting a lot about my grandkids and my lifestyle and all the things that we were doing I got 
tired of it. I got I got to a place because people really bugged me. People were really <laughs> negative a lot of times. What people were like commenting on your pictures and stuff? No, no, but just when I would go onto other people's feeds and it would be political or I mean like oh. like you and I have talked about this. Why don't you just show me your food you're eating or the puppy um, that you just got for real. or your yep. grandkids or mm-hmm. you know, do a funny face wherever you're at and you know take a selfie and make a funny caption great you're making some bread show me you're making the bread right you have a garden show me you harvesting your your fruits and vegetables i dig it <laughs> but you start you know saying negative things about each other and it just becomes it becomes a place i don't want to go yeah truly truly the um Before we get into the podcast, though, uh, into our topic today, I wanted to mention something that's happening. I'm in Kauai right now. Uh And um, a week ago, probably by the time this airs, yeah, it'll air on Tuesday. So a week ago, the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui basically burned down. Wildfire just ran right through it. And there's really very little left of the of that little town and anyone who's who's been to Maui I don't I'm I'm not a Maui person I don't pretend to be but I have had enough experience in Lahaina to know that it's a charming very old it used to be the capital of the state of Hawaii because they had that huge bay and you know that whole thing the the royal family used to live there the royal family lived there so it's got this great very old history and to see the pictures coming out of there Mm unbelievable i got a lot of phone calls which was really quite nice from people saying hey are you know are you okay i know you're not in maui whatever but i had a lot of people because it's hard to track a how far the islands are from one another and b what the effect would be of a gigantic fire like that to the other islands and of course we we weren't affected at all and i it was very nice of people but it was um it it was unnecessary because we we wouldn't have even known that there was a fire going on there were it not for the news and, and whatnot there were in to say that is to say there wasn't a change in our air quality we didn't see smoke the only thing that we had was we knew that there was a hurricane sort of off the coast of ways um but there it was very high uh winds came through Kauai as well and so there there was that effect but other than that there was really nothing to tell us that this horrible event was happening in I, Maui I, you literally I had people start texting me about it and I could not believe it because I had just been to Maui. I just was there like mm-hmm. four months ago. Yeah. And our, we're taking our family there for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I say that because what the devastation that is there, if anyone has been, Lahaina is kind of the place to go for dinners and shopping. And it's got a, I mean, Mick Fleetwood had his, yeah. you know, iconic bar there. It's unbelievable to see what happened and then to kind of hear how how this could have possibly been avoided as far as burying the power lines or doing whatever. You you listen to these people and you're just like, what are we going to do here? Like, we have to help them. So if mm-hmm. anybody has any inkling to reach out to help the people of Maui, there's a lot of people taking donations, make sure it's reputable, but people need help no there's a there's a lot you can just do a quick search under i think maui strong is what they're going by Mm -hmm. um and there's that will take you to a bunch of different um that will link you to a bunch of different uh nonprofits that are helping out and of course like denise said 
make sure it's reputable. Don't just, you know, because of course there's hucksters out there, sure. which are the people that need to, there's a special place for you <laughs> when, you, you know, you come upon a You're tragedy and you decide yeah. you're going to profit from it. It's like, oh, no, we're not doing that. It's um, so bad. One thing I wanted to say, and this this may seem lighthearted, and I don't mean it to, but I have to eat my I have to eat some crow here, Denise. Uh oh. Have to have to eat my words a little bit. You know, I'm not a fan of Oprah. I I think I know where this is going because. <laughs> but go ahead. I just watched however, the news tonight. Mm-hmm. However, I have been tracking. I've been, I can't stop watching the stuff that's coming out of Maui and I should it's the, what do they call it doom scrolling or something mm-hmm. like that where I just like I can't get enough of it and I just continue to watch I can't continue to just try and update myself on what's happening there's some really great stories coming out of there of just perseverance and people giving of themselves and everyone trying to pull themselves up out of the literal ashes and you know get get back to it and help others and whatever um, Oprah is there I don't know by the time this airs whether she'll still be there or not. But um, she, uh, it actually brought me to tears watching her go to the shelters. They, of course, have opened up gyms and churches and different places where people can get uh, some food, lay down, maybe take a shower, get some resources on how to like, how do I contact my insurance? All of that stuff that happens during natural disaster. She goes to Costco. Don't get me wrong. She has her people. She, but she made an effort through her people and I believe herself went to Costco placed this huge order pillows blankets I mean Costco must be uh, happy and freaking out all at the same time because I think she bought out the whole store and the Maui Costco is big it's one of those big ones yeah she also went to Walmart and just her people did and just started buying stuff and granted when you're Oprah and you show up at a shelter that's when all the cameras come on so I, I understand that sort of like PR part of it. I, I'm n- under no illusion that she was standing in line at the checkout stand writing a check for all of her stuff. She had her people do that. But just the, the thoughtfulness of I've always said Oprah deserves every penny she's made and she deserves to spend it in any way she wants. And I really was so proud of the fact that she just was like putting my money where it needs to be and these people are suffering and I, she has a place in Maui she and Stedman do she has a big and place in Maui it's it's a massive place it was not affected by the fires but to go to your community and say hey I'm here to help was such a lovely thing and I just want to say um, Team Oprah yeah she you is, know how hard that is for me to say I, I know it is <laughs> and I didn't hear all the details I didn't know about that fact but I had seen her on there and I was happy to see that she had flown in Listen, if she can get her name behind it, other people will help more and more. And that's all you want in this circumstance, right? You need some powerful people behind it. Anybody who's ever gone to Maui, there is a special vibe on Maui. Mm-hmm. It's it's different than Kauai. You know, my place is Kauai. I love that island because of how natural and how organic it really is. And it's just, it's effortless for me to be there. It just feels like a great place. But Maui's different. It's touristy. But you go there and you have such great memories. And I've been there not a ton, but enough to know that if you've ever been there, help these people out. Mm-hmm. These people survive on tourism. They survive yes. on, they survive. And it's so expensive to live there. And there's so much going on all the time. They need your help. They have no place to live. They have no place to work. That was the epicenter of a lot of, of small businesses. And they are completely gone. It goes without saying, but... I 
I do want to interject that the pandemic and the closure, when you have a, a community, a town, an island, that relies very, very heavily on tourism, the pandemic and the restrictions around that nearly took that island down. Lahaina suffered greatly with the pandemic, as did, you know, Kauai did as well. I mean, I know a lot of the islands did who rely so heavily on tourism. But then to have this, they came back. A lot of the restaurants managed to stay open or open again and, um, you know, make a go of it. And then to have this happen, so tragic. It's just very, it's very, very sad. So, like I said, you know, and Denise echoing that as well. Just if you if you can give, and I know in today's economy, you might not have 10 bucks to give. I get it. But um, yeah, I think if, if you log on to, um, if you just get on Google and log on to Maui Strong, you'll be able to find a bunch of, Absolutely. a bunch of different things. So they yeah. all, they all need help and, and go Oprah. <laughs> team Oprah. <laughs> I never thought Oprah. I'd heard you say those words. I never thought I'd say it either. I'm going to you a was... t-shirt. Would you please? <laughs> I will. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm on board now. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. Well, we were talking a little bit about the housewives, and it was so frivolous, right? And we were talking <laughs> about why we would never want to subject ourselves to that whole mantra of negativity, really. It's just, it's so much. And I know you and I are at a different place in our lives than so many people are. If you have younger um children that are adults they are still going through some of this what we're going to talk a little bit about but contention is kind of in part of our i would say it's part of our society these days it's almost the it's almost the 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 way to conduct your life it is it's it's something changed something shifted and people will continually blame you know politicians particularly donald trump or whatever for a shift in the way we communicate in the way things are done and i'm not saying yes or no to any of that i'm saying i think it's all contributed to what's going on and i think probably social media has got to be one of the biggest contributors of uh, uh, an inability for us to control ourselves in a way and and show a manner of some kind of civility to one another that you've never seen before (laughs) I mean I've never seen or felt this way and like I said I don't go on the internet very often anymore I became completely just disinterested because of the contention so today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, a talk that we both heard given by uh, a gentleman named Russell M. Nelson who a lot of you will know he is the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Twice a year, the church has what's called a general conference. And in that general conference, uh, we have speakers from the president of the church all the way, all the way down across the board. Uh, the leaders of the church, church is based in Salt Lake City, and the leaders come forth and, and they will talk. And it's a two-day event, and um, there's a lot of uh, interesting information, a lot of good stuff that we're told during that time. If you're a member of that church, then you, you know, you look forward to it twice a year because there's a lot of good stuff that comes out. I think uh, that social media is the vehicle Mm -hmm. for all of this. If there was not social media and that wall that we that people hide behind, I think this would not this kind of situation wouldn't be nearly what it is. The thing that you said was so interesting, though, um, that we can't even have a conversation. I know people who have stopped associating with other people because they know they're like, oh, I, I vote this way or, you know, whatever. Even there are, listen, there are always those people that you're like, 
are you really wearing a MAGA hat? You know, it's like <laughs> you're really doing that, or you're really wearing the, you know, let's whatever you're still from wearing the other a face side. Mask. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that too. So there's like this, there's these extremes and you're like, well, okay, that, that person, I'm, I probably wouldn't associate with them anyway, but just like your normal run of the mill person. I don't know how you vote, but I think I know how you vote. And then suddenly I, I, it's confirmed. Why do you I care? can't be friends with you Why anymore. Why does anybody care how the I other don't person know. votes? I loved the way he started his talk out and he always does this. He was a very well-known heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. in his day and just so everybody knows he's in his late 90s right now yeah the man has more energy than i do for sure um he yeah. looks great he's got this very genuine personality i know people who have been around him quite a bit and they say that he is as genuine and as caring and as real as you can be so when he's speaking that comes across so i would i would implore everybody to go on we will have a link for this. Read it or listen to his talk because he's quite charming and he's quite eloquent when he speaks, mm-hmm. but he's a very smart man as well. But he was he was a, a surgeon and he had an internship where he was assisting in a surgery. And the surgeon that was the head surgeon um, got really angry at somebody else that was part of the surgery that didn't do a good job. Okay. They did not do what he should have been. He he was talking about how the operation was very difficult. And then to add to all the tension, one of the team performed the task poorly that they were in charge of. Mm -hmm. And the surgeon erupted in anger is what he said. And he said in the middle of his tantrum, he threw his scalpel that loaded with germs and it landed in President Nelson's forearm. Mm-mm. Can you imagine? No, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, I remember him speaking about this and I was cringing because you all of us can feel that. Oh, my gosh. Especially after COVID, we're like, ah, you know. <laughs> so everyone in the operating room, except for the out of control surgeon, was horrified by this dangerous breach of surgical practice. Gratefully, he said he didn't get hurt. He did not contract any deadly disease from what happened. But he realized at that moment It was his time for learning, not just in the operating room, but as a person, that he would never, ever act that way, Mm -hmm. right? This man showed him what not to do, and that Mm -hmm. was, he would never, he said he would never find himself wondering, he said, he said, I would, this is a quote, I also vowed that day never to throw anything in anger, whether it be a scalpel or words. I mean, amen. I know. And he said, even now, decades later, I find myself wondering if the contempt, the contaminated scalpel that landed in my arm was any more toxic than the venomous contention that infects our civic dialogues and too many personal relationships today. Yeah. They, the one thing he did say about that, mm-hmm. that, that really um, is just echoing in my brain is that anger never persuades and hostility builds no one. So I love these people and I'm being sarcastic. I love these people who think they're going to argue you into understanding their, their side and their point of view. It's never going to happen. And that happens a lot with when, you know, when I was teaching at Chapman, when you're younger, it's, 
you're much more emboldened to, you know, get kind of get up in people's grill about this issue or that issue because you're very passionate about things when you're in college. You're very either either your parents were very conservative and now you're very liberal or the other way around. Like you're right. really kind of trying it out. And and you know, kid people who are that age sort of the 18 to 25 year olds are like no, this is not fair. You know, they're very indignant and sort of like on their soapbox. That's the time to be that way. I get that. That's that's sort of been historically where it's at and what happens. But uh, that has been carried on into much older people who should have maybe a better grasp on their on their lives and yelling at me over social media, not me personally, but like yelling at people over social media, even in person, I've seen this happen. There's entire websites now dedicated to Karens who are like yes. losing their minds because things are unfair at the Starbucks. And it's like, when has screaming at someone ever <laughs> helped? It, it it absolutely hasn't. I think of a, a situation that I, I actually witnessed a few, this has been two years ago in November, uh, there was we had a wedding at um, at my home and my brother w- was there. Um, he wasn't part of the wedding. He was just sort of like they, they were staying and then we had this wedding. There was a guest at the wedding who was a, um, he he was a bridesmaid. Oh. Th- the man was. Oh. So, so you can, you can sort of infer from did that. He, did he, he wear a dress? No, he didn't wear a dress. Okay, got but it. he wore, and, and no one really wore like, um, sort of your fancy that that sort of thing is not done especially like on the island it's like no you wear a a beautiful little sundress in the colors that the bride wants you to wear and he had on like a really cool hawaiian shirt you know maybe just trying to get the i'm trying to get the whole feel here i wanted to understand what i'm thinking about here sure he he was an openly gay man and was very very excited to be a bridesmaid and he was a riot he was hysterical so he I think the wedding has happened. Everybody's sort of doing their thing in the backyard. And he, I think his name was Brandon, was in the kitchen talking to my brother. Now, my brother is a pretty conservative guy. Uh, that I mean, I don't need to go any further into that. But he's, you know, if we're talking about voting lines, he's pretty conservative. This guy, the bridesmaid that he was talking to, was very liberal. These two were having the greatest conversation. They were talking about California politics, which everybody thinks is a mess, no matter where you're sort of at on any spectrum. And my brother was like, well, this, that, and the other. And I heard Brandon say, I understand why you think that way, but here's where it, here's what it looks like from my, mm-hmm. from my end, from where I I'm coming that. from. I love and they, that. they stood there and had the greatest conversation. And then later, after, you know, Brandon went back outside, whatever, my brother was doing something else. I go... What was that conversation? He goes, he's hilarious. Oh, we just had the greatest conversation. And just kind of like, no, we, he goes, oh, we didn't agree about anything. My brother said, we didn't, we didn't agree on any, on any items at all. Political, social, any of that. We weren't even, not only were we not in the same ballpark, we weren't playing the same game. There was just like (laughs) two opposites. But they had this really nice conversation. And my brother was like, it was really quite refreshing because I came into the conversation ready to sort of battle and he was, because that, he's, he, my brother was like, I was just going to walk away because I figured that's what this guy's going to do. Had that assumption. And then it turned out to be nothing like that at all. He was a delightful person. Your brother had respect for him and he had respect for your brother. Exactly. So there's the, nothing wrong with having differences of opinion. and But that seems to have gotten lost. It's like us against them. If you don't have my opinion, you, I can't, I can't entertain you at all. One of the things he said also, and you had just right after he said anger never persuaded 
persuades, hostility builds no one. He said, contention never leads to inspired solutions. And yes. that really, really struck me because that's exactly it. I mean, mm-hmm. when we are trying to prove a point, I don't know where I heard this part, but I've told my kids this and I've told other people that are going through struggles because a lot of times, a lot of the struggles we have with one another is that the person isn't understanding where we're coming from, right? Right. They're just not, they're not listening to me. They don't understand it. They're not listening because they didn't agree with me or they're not listening because they didn't come to my side of the fence, right? Like they, they didn't agree with me. They're not going to ever politically change. Very very rarely are you going to sit there and have a conversation with somebody and they're going to change their voting minds <laughs> Never. or their their look on global warming right. or whatever these these topics of conversation are what the hope to me would be is that we could speak to one another and your brother would have an insight into this gay man who has a completely opposite lifestyle as he does mm-hmm. but say okay He's an openly gay man who's a bridesmaid at a wedding, who has a political outlook that is completely different than I am. What do we have in common? And that's the thing. It's like we don't have to be friends. But this if you know my to know my brother is is to love him. He's one of the funniest people you've (laughs) ever met. And an interesting guy has, you know, a lot of different interests and stuff like this. Well, the bridesmaid, Brandon, same funny hilarious interesting guy has had a lot of different experiences it doesn't matter that the experiences were different than say my brothers uh, they uh, they could just have a conversation just to have a good time and make each other laugh and all and they did they were both laughing but they were also both talking about some pretty serious subjects and i was i i really learned a lot from that just like what's wrong with what's wrong with just being like hey here's who I am. Hey, here's who I am. Because it was, because we've come so far from that, we're so far away from that, that now that seems like the exception rather than the rule. I totally agree. And one of the things that it made me think about, and, and President Nelson also spoke about this in his talk, was the contention that we're seeing outside, like on social media or in public or on the news, is not, it's not limited to that. And there's a lot of contention within our own homes, with our own children, yeah. with one yeah. another, our, our, our family members, husbands belittling wives, wives belittling husbands and children. There's something going on with the way people are interacting with one another, which is why I really appreciated this talk. And I've read it over and over again because it's really made me think about how I treat other people, not just people that I might pass at Starbucks or wherever I'm going, but in my own home. Right. And I think people have gone beyond that. Like, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting, I'm not being seen. I'm not getting what I want. I I can't believe I'm seeing people who are doing these things that are just the opposite of the way I would do them. So therefore I'm going to yell louder. I think that's sort of what it's become. But I think that, when and in reading this talk it really made me realize because he does sort of talk about hey guess what it's not going to help any to uh, anybody to like judge them people don't need your judgment they don't want your judgment if people disagree with you then 
being angry and retorting at them on social media is not going to help. It's not going to help you either. You think it's going to in the moment, but it's not going to help in general. It's not going to help this specific situation. It's not going to help on a broader sense either. So what he sort of came down to, the solution is you have to be a better person. The, The requirement now is on you to sit quietly and listen to somebody else's opinion that you don't agree with and become like a Brandon and be like, I don't listen, I don't agree with you at all. And let me tell you how it looks from my side. But I appreciate what you've had to say there there you have to be you have to take the higher road, which sometimes many times I would say most of the time is much more difficult to do than to get down there and roll around in the mud. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I say this to my kids all the time. And I've said it to other people when they have complained about what we're talking about, like, he's just not hearing me. He's not doing these. Sometimes you can be right. And sometimes you can be happy. You can't always have both. I heard a talk today and the guy said, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be married? (laughs) Well, which made me laugh. It made you laugh. But think about it. Sometimes you can't be right and happy. I mean, right. I have a situation in my life, somebody close to me, and they are always unhappy with this other person that is close mm-hmm. to me as well. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a familial thing. I don't want to name and call out my family. But the problem is they want to be right. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. Sometimes it doesn't need to be you don't need to be right. And sometimes you have to make the choice. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? You were talking about being um being kind of taking that higher level one mm-hmm. of the things that i think is so important when it comes to is being personally responsible right and president nelson said that contention is a choice it is peacemaking 100%. is a choice you have mm-hmm. your agency to choose contention or reconciliation mm-hmm. and when you take that power back I think a lot of times when I've had disagreements with people or I've tried to have a conversation with somebody that's completely irrational, and we've all had Mm -hmm. that happen. Mm -hmm. You say one Mm -hmm. thing to somebody, that's why they say don't bring up religion or politics at dinners because you will have Uncle George just go off, right? Yeah, yeah. That that person just cannot. I've always found that those people are very insecure people. That's what I feel like. Those people have this insecurity about themselves where they can't feel good enough about who they are to be able to let other people's opinions come into the the mix. I could be wrong, but that's my experience. No, I think that's I think that's right. I mean, everyone is right now who's listening to this is thinking of that one person that they know in their life because there's there's usually one or two that are set higher that have set that bar higher than anybody else. You're like, oh, this person's a nightmare because they can never be wrong and they can never listen to a different opinion no matter what it is. And they always want to like go at you and confront you. And you're like, wait, I'm not this. That's not what this is about. We're just talking about this very simple thing. I just thought I'd talk about, you know, the fact that it's getting hot during the summer. No, you can't, you know, there's fires, but it might not, you know, it's always this, there's always these people. I thought it was so great. I remember sitting there listening to his talk when he was talking about this. And he said, at this point, you're probably thinking that this message would really help someone, you know, he said that in the talk. And (laughs) as he was saying that, I literally, my brain was like, you know, you know, who should Mm -hmm. hear this talk? And he Mm -hmm. called me out. And I bet he you called us all out. So many people were thinking this talk would really be good for somebody. And he was talking about you. 
and me. He was talking about you. And he yeah. was talking about everybody yeah. that was sitting there. Right. Because we're all guilty of this. Like, hello, you, look at me in the mirror, people. You are doing this. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought of when he started talking about that was like, oh, I have to forward this talk uh -huh. to so-and-so. I immediately <laughs> knew who I was going to forward it to. And I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. That person's me. That person's me. I just think it's very, it's very difficult to get into the mindset, but I think it's what you have to do in order to make this work. To get into the mindset that you don't always need to be heard, you aren't always going to be right, and sometimes it's more important to listen to what someone has to say and accept it in the fact that this is maybe their reality. It doesn't have to be your reality. That's another thing that he made very clear in this talk. He's not talking about peace at any price. That is not, the, that's not what he's saying. Thank goodness, because there is a line that people do cross where you're like, wait a minute, we're not talking about this anymore. And because, and here's the reason why, you know, there are these, these sort of high marks where you're like, well, we're not, we're not going there. But most of the stuff is sort of this middle ground where people think it that because it's unfair to me or to someone that uh, hypothetically I might know or to a version of a person that this is unfair and if you don't agree with me then you know get out of here kind of thing that's the kind of stuff where it's like okay I can listen to your opinion I don't have to share my opinion with you that doesn't mean I agree do you are you the kind of person that if someone doesn't agree with you you become the person that doesn't like them no not at I'm all not either I'm not either I'm not, not that at all. person because mm -mm. I kind of like, and I've purposely, we've, we have all kinds of friends in our lives. People yeah. that other people will say, you're friends with them? I would have never yeah. expected that, right? Like, mm -hmm. they're like, how are you friends with them? Like, mm -hmm. they're not bad people, but they just don't seem like your kind of people. I no. dig that. I love the fact that there are different people in my life to kind of keep me in check. I think that when, and that's one of the reasons I love to travel so much is because it, it bring it broadens my horizon. It gives me the opportunity to see people that live differently, who think differently, who operate differently than I do. Doesn't necessarily yeah. mean I'm going to be more like them, but I think it makes me more of an open-minded person to our differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. And I'm I'm as you're saying that I'm thinking of people on both sides of all I can think of is politics, of course, because that's probably the main thing. It defines a lot. I'm most of the people that we're friends with are just sort of like us in some degree or another. They're just sort of like middle of the road, whatever people. By being the loudest and the most contentious on social media, I don't know if you've noticed this. Now they've taken it to the now they've taken their their game out to the public and that's what we're seeing people melting down in the Macy's because they can't get you know someone that they think should be helping them to help them there's all these weird situations that are happening because people have become emboldened by sitting behind the wall of social media right. and that's when stuff starts to fall apart because reality is not social media you take that act out on the road and you head over to the mall and <laughs> think that you're going to be able to scream at someone because their hair's blue or whatever the problem is, Karen, then it's you're in for a big surprise and people are going to start recording you. And it, then that's when it gets <laughs> ugly. I don't know people like that, but I know people across the, the whole spectrum. I, I mean, we have friends that are all about conspiracy theories, like Ooh. big time political conspiracy theories, both conservative <laughs> and liberal there's people on both sides and i'm yeah. like these are the these are the best people ever these are the most entertaining people i've ever met in my life totally. and i do i want nothing more than to spend more time with them you know what i mean but 
But having said that, those people that are on both ends, and you know the type of people I'm talking about. These are bright people who aren't afraid to go, huh, well, that's true. I mean, uh, maybe my conspiracy is sort of out there, but you have to agree that it does look <laughs> a little suspect. You know, there's always sort of that fun little edge to it, which I, I love it. That's I do too. All day long. The people that are confrontational in order to resolve an issue that's never going to work. And I think he really hit that hard in his, his talk. And it really did, like I just said a minute ago, it really did make me think about the fact that you have to resolve with yourself that you're going to have to take the higher ground and that your your voice is not always going to be heard. Well, when when you're talking about how we can personally change, I think one of the points that he made was, and this is a quote, charity is the antidote to contention. Yep. And I know that when, and I'm going through a lot right now, and people who are listening probably understand it, but I was just telling you today that I have to sometimes serve other people just to get out of my own way mm-hmm. in my own, own in my own life because and he's talking about being a he's talking about charity being a spiritual gift that you can mm-hmm. help cast off the natural problems and the selfishness that we all feel and being defensive and prideful and all of these and jealousy all of these things mm-hmm. that really make us not great human beings by serving other people. Maybe it's, you know, going down to your local thrift store or a soup kitchen or going to the hospital and visiting sick children, whatever. Maybe it's your neighbor just needs to somebody to come by and check on them, bring in their mail. Just doing the simplest things makes us really connect to the other people. As soon as we have this connection with people, it's hard to be that much of a jerk. <laughs> right? that's I mean, it we're having t-shirts made yeah it's yeah. that's it's the absolute truth and a lot of times like you know i appreciate your listing down here you know these are the, all things that you can do that are going to make you feel better there's a lot of people that don't have the time or the ability to sort of do some of those things but but there are these very small things that i see people do we know very busy people you and i do very very successful busy people who have children and careers and all of the above and they still find a way to do some form of charity now i have a friend that gives blood on the regular mm. that's her form of charity that's right you that's know awesome. what do it go that because it does make you take a second and go now look at what i'm doing here this is for someone else this isn't for me in fact it's kind of a pain that i have to go do this that just that makes it all the better right there are these little things that that we can do i have a friend who who makes a, a i think it started as like a thank thankful journal is that what it's called maybe a, a journal of giving thanks i don't have one either i think i think your daughter i think jack jack is the one that like kind of <laughs> told me that maybe years ago that she there's the, you know keep a journal of things that you're thankful for i have a friend who does something kind of similar to that but also records the little bits of charity that she has done during the day and it's because she knows that she sort of has to come to terms with herself at the end of the day or in the morning and write in her journal these are the things that I did for other people she knows in her mind that she has to do that and sometimes it's just like oh I stopped real quick and helped this older lady you know walk across the street or get her groceries in the car or whatever she starts looking for ways to do things so that she's got something to write down well, that's it doesn't brilliant. matter it's if brilliant. you feel good about it 
it. It all that matters is that you've helped someone else. Well, it, that's a brilliant way of doing it because I'm telling you right now, a lot of people have a perception that they are already doing so much for so many people, and you yeah. start looking at it and you're like, all the stuff that I was doing was for me, like yeah, right, like. Right. <laughs> All the stuff that I had to go to the market, I had to do this, I had to do that. All of that revolved around me, myself, and I. Right. Not about getting outside of yourself, right? Like finding the way to do that. President Nelson said, charity propels us to bear each other's burdens rather than heap burdens upon each other. I love Mm -hmm. that. I mean, you literally, when you serve somebody else, you are giving of your effort and your time, which in this world, in this day and age, time is the best gift you could give somebody. Yeah, it's true. Go but if you can't, there, like I said, there's other things, because some people just don't have the ability to give of time. Sometimes all people need you to do is write a check, Oprah. But I'm telling she took the time to go there. She didn't just she did. write the no, check. She did. And your friend who might have helped the older lady cross the street, probably not what she did, but let's just say that's it. Might have taken mm-hmm. her less than two minutes. That mm-hmm. is time. It doesn't have to be an hour and a half of your time. It You're can right. be a simple act of saying thank you to the checker at the, the checkout stand. Thank you for working today. I really appreciate it. I mean, yeah. literally the simplest things. Yeah. Doesn't have I, to be a big act of service. Oh, no. And I I might venture to say that sometimes the smaller active service are the ones that make the most impact. My friend did help someone to her car. It was an older lady who was having a having trouble with the cart because sometimes they get a little early. And, you know, it's she helped her with the cart and put things in the back of her of her car. And the lady was like, now, honey, I you know, she was really an older lady. And she was very conscientious of making sure that the cart got returned to the bin. You know, oh, like cute. your grocery cart. And, and my friend was like, no, no, I'll take it for you. And the lady was like obsessed with it. And so my friend was like, I almost regretted helping her because she was lecturing me about taking the cart back, you know, and I was like, this is the most awesome situation. I'm not saying she was happy about it. And like, this was the pinnacle of her day because this lady did have a bit of a lecture for her. Sometimes good deeds go punished. We all know that, you know, and you're doing it for the right reason. It doesn't matter how it's received. It's about the act like this woman. She had the opportunity to just take the help and be respectful and happy about it. Or because she's (laughs) human and she's an older woman who probably is opinionated. She was going to tell this other person what to do. Again, (laughs) it's not about what it does it, it's really about us doing the act and then let those other people have their agency to do what they need to do absolutely and quite frankly it made for a hilarious story my friend absolutely. was just like you're never gonna believe what happened i'm like this is the greatest thing like this lady just couldn't accept the help she had to lecture you exactly. you you said something about burdens and bearing one another's burdens i just uh, I just want to take a moment for anyone who knows me. <laughs> I have someone in my life who's an enormous burden. Can I and take, can I gig a gander? Should I <laughs> no, say what their name rhymes with? No, don't need to. Anybody who knows me knows who it is. We don't need to name names. My biggest fear is that I'm going to be a burden to someone else. Oh, yeah. Because I've witnessed it sort of firsthand and the trauma, and I don't use that word lightly. I'm talking trauma with a capital T, that that <laughs> puts on the people around you, not just your family, but other other people, anyone who's trying to give you service. If you're a burden, you are are making people's lives miserable. And so to remove yourself as the burden, I've said this a million times on this show, I always told my son growing up, are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? If you're not part of the solution, 
then you are by default part of the problem. You are a but burden. You, you're talking about a burden. And I want I wanted to clarify it because you're talking about a personality and you're talking about somebody who, when you talk about burdens, like they could, a, a burden could be just the sheer act of, I need somebody just to say, I love you today or that I'm thinking about you, right? Like I could be having a bad day and, or I could be in need of a lot of help. Mm-hmm. That seems like a burden. And a lot of us don't want to ask for that help from people because we right. don't want to be a burden, right? And that's, right, that's the, different. That's different kind of burden. We're talking right. about like you, you being part of the solution means that you're not making anybody miserable right. because you are miserable. Right. <laughs> because I've got years. Names. <laughs> I won't name any names, but there are Please people don't. in our lives that are miserable and they want everybody else to be miserable. That's right. And it's I that's sort of a pattern that you get into and there's, you know, sometimes it's it feels good to be angry, it feels good to be unhappy, and I would just I would just hope I can't, you know, I'm not going to we're not here to lecture people. I'm but I would just hope that in my life, I would be able to see when I'm being a burden and when I'm just asking for help. There's two different ways to look at that. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Again, I think that when you are serving others, you will never be a burden to somebody else. That's true. I mean, That's that true. is it's, it, like it corrects all the wrong when you step out of yourself and help others. It just does. A good question is, can one person make a difference? Can taking someone's grocery cart to the... I absolutely ben. believe that it can. I absolutely believe that it can. I don't know if you remember hearing, our listeners can go back and listen, but we had Amber Hales on our podcast and yep. she did a, a, about breast cancer. And mm-hmm. it reminded me very often, I've had this thought after she told the story because she was going through a really hard time. She had been diagnosed with cancer. She went to the store because she, after she had been diagnosed, because she had to go to the store and there just happened to be this woman at, parked in the parking lot that she knew. It's a longer story than I'm going to make it, but basically this woman was at the right place at the right time because that woman was serving Amber at that time. She was supposed to be there at that time. She isn't normally in that neighborhood. She's not normally at that store. She listened to the spirit tell her I should be here and she acted upon the idea of bearing another person's burden. She saw Amber in distress. She could have easily said, oh, that's so too bad. I've got to go. She took the time. It's reminded me often that sometimes we need to take the time and we need to listen to where we're supposed to be at that time and make ourselves available to others. There is that sixth sense that I think most of us have, and I think all of us have if we choose to listen to it, where, you know, you do find yourself doing something that you wouldn't normally do and then realize, oh, I'm here because I was somehow needed. I, I, that's so, I think about that a lot more than I probably should, because a lot of times I will just go, oh, whatever, it's fine. I don't need to, do, you know, take the shortcut or, or whatever the situation is. And then, you know, those times when you sort of do go in, give into that sixth sense and allow yourself to just like, well, I wonder where this is going to take me. And you're able to look back on that and go, oh, that, <laughs> that, that was a small thing, but it was also a small thing to me might be a meaningful thing to, to someone else. And I happened to be in the right place at the right time, like with our friend Amber, that, that really did happen to her more than once. Yes. Uh, where people just sort of came out of the woodwork for no apparent reason. I think that happens a lot. And I think we don't give it enough credit. 
I, no. I I totally agree. I think that we take for granted, especially those people in our, our lives that are there often, family members, right? We just mm-hmm. expect them to be able to help us and to bear our burdens. And sometimes they can and sometimes they can't. But we also have to acknowledge when it happens and, you know, be grateful and, and yeah. tell them thank you. And again, I think you and I talked about this. We wanted to come out of hiatus strong with something mm-hmm. positive. This talk really stuck with us for a long time. Ever since April, we've thought about it. We've quoted it. We've gone back to it time and time again in different parts of our lives. I've talked to my kids about this. I've had conversations with other people around this talk because I think all of us are kind of tired of feeling like we're living in a, in a world where we can't have a conversation with somebody else and where we can't feel comfortable with one another being different. This was a very, yeah, it was a very inspiring talk. And I, a lot of times people will give a talk about a subject, any topic, and I leave going, give me something I can use. Give me something (laughs) I can work with here. You know, you've explained the problem and you've explained that, you know, the bad behavior or whatever else is coming along with that. But I don't know where to go from here. This talk, it really, he really sums it up well and concisely like Denise said, he's so bright. Whether or not you're a member of this church or not, you will be interested and enthralled by him. He is such an interesting character and uh, really speaks to the masses. We will give a link on our Instagram page, Two Average Girls Podcast. You will also be able to find it um, on our website, twoaveragegirlspodcast.com. But if you are just like in the car and you know uh, thinking that you'd like to get a hold of it just do a google search for russell m nelson peacemakers needed it will come up it comes the first thing that comes up even if you just put in peacemakers needed it's like the first or second one and you can read the talk um from there he says it better than denise and i could but um we like denise said we just kind of wanted to give it a little credit because uh we were both really impacted by everything that he had to say and and how it applies to sort of the the climate of our world right now and um it was a very it, it was it was positive for us it wasn't it's not a lecture it's mm-hmm. a here's the problem here's how you can solve it now go do it yeah and and it gives you the tools to do it mm-hmm. it's it really easy does. it's pretty easy it's pretty easy it's all it all comes from right up here i'm touching all, my brain it all comes to uh, it all comes to you it's all yeah. about you and you isn't, making the difference. And isn't that the hardest thing to accept? That like, I have to change my attitude, my outlook, the way I behave in order to make things better. Ugh, why? Why can't everybody else change? <laughs> why? I don't want to change. I can either be right or I can be happy. Oh, can I be both, Denise? Sometimes you can, but not always. <laughs> Well, we are so glad to be back from our little mini hiatus. And thanks for sticking with us. We got a lot of great feedback from our rerun shows. We chose yes. the best of the best and um, we had a lot of fun with it. We want to thank Aiden, um, our editor, who does such a terrific job. And of course, um, Samantha Stone, who also does a great job with our social media. And just all of you who listen, thank you so much for all the positive feedback that you've given us in the few weeks that we've been off. And we're glad to be back. We're going to leave you with the tag. We don't usually do that with our own um, podcast. It's usually left for the guest. But I, Denise has a, has a, a quote from Russell M. Nelson that's going to be our tag. And um, hopefully you can kind of use that and take it with you through your week. We already, we've already discussed it. We've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Anger never persuades. Hostility builds no one. Contention never leads to inspired solutions. 
Amen to that. I couldn't Amen. agree more. Yeah. Thanks, Denise. And thank you guys for listening. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We are Two Average Girls. We'll see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Fries.